Over the last several years, the frequency of threats at Metro Detroit schools has risen sharply. We're dealing with it every day. There is things that are brought to school that should never have left the house, like a bullet found in a child's purse or backpack. These are middle school kids. What is causing this rise in school threats? And how can they be stopped? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. When I was younger, school threats were exceedingly rare. But sitting in the WWJ newsroom over the last several years, it feels like those threats have become a daily occurrence. Sometimes the threats are posted online, sometimes they're written on a bathroom wall, but sometimes the threat can be conveyed without a single word. It was brought to our attention that there was a bullet discovered, a shell casing, and, and it wasn't even a full bullet. It was just the back end, an empty shell casing was discovered in a hallway at Dearborn High. So out of an abundance of caution, we took all the proper steps and measures that we needed to do to secure the school to make sure that you know, we maintained a safe school environment. We have an incredible relationship with the Dearborn Police. Our own safety and security person, Ms. Danielle Alzayat, was uh, in communication with the Dearborn Police, and we took appropriate actions to make sure that, you know, like I said, we maintained a safe school environment for our students and our staff. That right there is the voice of David Mustinen, and he's the director of communications for the Dearborn Public Schools. That bullet was found in Dearborn last week. And in that same week, bullets were found at Trenton High School and Fraser Middle School. Every time this happens, it is a big deal. Can you walk me through how disruptive an abundance of caution can be? Not only does it throw off a school day, but I'm assuming that it costs money as well. Police departments and their work are not free. And I wonder how disruptive this is. Absolutely. When that happens in this day and age, given the environment that we live in now with the constant threat of maybe this is the real one, absolutely. We have to engage in all of these safety precautions. And they do take up time and they are disruptive to the school day. More than just the disruption to the school day at that time, whether it be for 10 minutes or for two hours, the disruption is more long-term. Because now you're creating this environment where every time this happens, people are going to react in different ways. Some people react very strongly and are panicked and get upset and are emotional, and it can impact them for several days after. Certainly this is an issue for schools, a huge issue. But it's also become a big deal for local law enforcement. Here is Macomb County Prosecutor Pete Lacido. We're dealing with it every day. There is things that are brought to school that should never have left the house, like a bullet found in a child's purse or backpack. Child, these are middle school kids, sixth grader, eighth grader. Why is the bullet found in a purse of a young lady as a middle schooler, and why is a bullet found in a backpack on an eighth grader? Well, I'll tell you why. It's either somebody's not monitoring at home what it is they're bringing to school, or they're making it readily accessible to find these things in the home. And I just can only tell you this, we've had too much going on in our schools. And I can only tell you there's thousands of students that are in these classes. The reality is there's a duty of parents, first and foremost, to do their job.
Prosecutor Lucido says the parents must be more involved in monitoring their children before they violate rules or commit crimes. And if that sounds familiar, well, it should. Everybody was watching what happened a few weeks ago in Oakland County, and I wonder what the Jennifer Crumbly conviction might do going forward in situations like this. That opened up the education and knowledge of of consequences. It sure did. That also opened up the discussion, and it doesn't need to stop. It needs to continue. How do we go ahead and prevent a child from taking a weapon and or any type of serious nature uh, offensive means to bringing it to school and making it part of somebody else's life? And I think that that discussion starts at home, and it also is instilled by the schools with these policies. We have to be vigilant in stopping these incidences before they take heed. That's truthfully it. School is for educating children, right? So how do we go about educating the parents? Maybe we should put them in the classroom just like we do with their kids. I wonder maybe if schools should every year have all the parents come in in August, go over the handbook very clearly, and at that point nobody can say, well, I didn't see that. I'm not putting it on the schools, but I wonder if we could do more to educate the parents. I think you have a splendid idea, and I would hope that our administrators as well as the teachers do that. Bring all the parents into the gym. My concern is that if you go up there and you tell them all, does everybody understand that there's a zero tolerance and your child will be taken out of school, and then they become your problem, your issue? They're coming home, and now you've got to deal with it. Because we don't have a policy other than zero tolerance. We don't give exceptions to the rules. We set the rules, and now you educate your child on the consequences of doing something wrong. Certainly, educating parents on what their kids can and can't do is vital. But as a parent, do you know what to do in case of a lockdown at your child's school? I think I do, but maybe I don't. And David says that is equally important. For years, we've done things, tornado drills, fire drills, and now we've added in lockdown drills. I think that as well as our staff learning that and our students learning that, perhaps there needs to be a special training with parents. That's our biggest thing right now. We can never communicate fast enough to beat students with phones texting instantly. So as soon as we go into some type of procedure to ensure safe school environment, kids are texting, so it immediately panics the parents. Oh my God, my kid just said that they heard a noise and that the school's in lockdown. I think there's a shooting going on. And then that message gets amplified 15 times, and it's that old game of telephone where the message then gets totally distorted. And what really happened was the dumpster tipped over and made a loud noise, and that was unrelated to the situation that took place or whatever. To be clear, this is not all about the parents. The kids need to step up as well. They must take what their parents tell them and apply it to real-life scenarios. But maybe the students don't appreciate the gravity of the situation. Maybe they just want a free day, but they don't understand really what's happening. And, you know, these kids maybe don't think also that they may end up with a criminal record of some sorts. I mean, it's funny until you get caught and until the consequences come up. And I don't know if kids understand that all the way through. I agree. I don't think that young people always understand the ramifications of their actions. And like you said, The ramifications can be uh, very, very serious, especially now because we have seen prosecutors, rightfully so, stepping up and saying, listen, we're going to follow through with every 
aspect of the law that we can because the fear is that we get into that syndrome of the boy who cried wolf syndrome. Oh, it's just another one of these. And then we don't pay attention or people don't take it seriously. What do we do here? Education and conversation only go so far, right? One of the most effective things adults can do with children is meet them where they are. Having an assembly where the authorities drone on and on and on, that's not going to help. So Prosecutor Lacido takes the message to where the kids spend their time. I have a current program that's going on stopping violence in our schools. I want to hear from the smart, educated student that's in the class by way of video, TikTok, music, how they're communicating with all their other students in their grade. Knock it off. Stop the violence in our school. I'm going to present money out of my pocket. First place gets 1000 Second place gets 750 and third place gets 500 Your submissions are by April 14th. I want every person that can get involved with this, put something together to send a message to the students that are in their class. This is unacceptable, and I don't want to be a part of a class where violence is involved. There's got to be a message that somebody's going to listen to, and I'd rather go peer-to-peer and making sure that those students are hearing it the way they want to hear it. There is no doubt that school threats have increased over the years. But sadly, here in Michigan, there have been more than just threats. Four kids were killed at Oxford High School and then three more at Michigan State University a year later. Seven lives ended, dozens of lives ruined. And these imposter threats, they cause a ton of problems. But are they here to stay or can those in charge at school and at home put an end to it? Today's big thanks go out to both Pete Lacido and David Mustinen for their time. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening.